We're brought to you today by my new friends at Bond Charge, which is this really cool company that makes a fantastic broad line of evidence-based holistic wellness products. They make everything from blue blocking glasses to red light therapy devices to EMF shielding products and tons more, including this really cool infrared sauna blanket, which is sort of like a sleeping bag lit internally with infrared that heats your body directly rather than from the surrounding air, like a traditional sauna, which basically delivers the same benefit with lower heat. It's super easy to set up. You just roll it out on the ground in your living room, on your bed, wherever. It heats up instantly and you can enjoy it while you, I don't know, watch this podcast or read a book. It's pretty great before bed. It eases sore muscles, reduces stress, and you can get free shipping on every sauna blanket, no hidden costs, in addition to easy returns and exchanges. You get a 30-day trial and a 12-month warranty. To learn more about the infrared sauna blanket and Boncharge's other awesome products, go to boncharge.com richroll and use coupon code richroll to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash richroll and use coupon code richroll to save 15%. If you are truly desiring of mastering your plate, but you feel like you lack the skill in the kitchen or the time or the culinary acumen you believe you require, I can't stress enough how much our Plant Power Meal Planner can help you out. It truly is an extraordinary product I'm so proud of. We worked very hard on to solve a very basic problem, making nutritious eating convenient and delicious. When you sign up at meals.richroll.com, you will get access immediately to literally thousands of delicious and easy to prepare plant-based recipes, thoroughly customized based on a battery of personal preferences that you input when you sign up. You also get unlimited grocery lists, grocery delivery in most metropolitan areas, and a team of crack nutrition coaches at the ready to guide you. And you get all of this for just $1.90 a week. So to learn more and to sign up, go to meals.richroll.com or click on Meal Planner on the top menu on my website. Toby Morse, my friendship mentor. My friends look out for me like family. There's always time for your friends, no matter how busy people are. And so I appreciate all these people that I met who took me under the wing and showed me what it's like to have real friendships. For somebody who maybe doesn't have a lot of familiarity with the punk scene or the hardcore scene, when you say like, you know, you live this ethos, what is that? Like, how do you put words to that? Being drug free my entire life, not eating animals since 1988. I pride myself on living my lyrics that I wrote 30 years ago. You truly are one of the most positive people in my life. And I find myself struggling to remain positive about the broader world. Yeah, it's hard because the world is fucked. I'm a fucking human being and I go through things. I get dark, I get sad about the world. How do you maintain that positivity? For me, it's just... We're live, buddy. Good to see you. You too, man. Thanks for doing this. Of course, man. Uh, we hang out all the time, uh, but the fact that you're coming back for the second time, I was reflecting on the first time that you came on the show, which you just reminded me was four years ago. I mean, yeah. it seems like yesterday, it also seems like a lifetime ago. The world has changed a lot <laughs> since then. A, a lot. <laughs> uh, a lot's been going on in your life, my life, of course. Uh, and uh, it's been really, you know, I just wanna say like upfront, like it's been incredibly um, rewarding to have this friendship with you. And um, 
I think it's hard as adults to make new friends. Yeah. And I've had my adventures with friendship and lack of friendship. Like I've spent the last decade kind of nose to the grindstone trying to build this thing. And any extra time that I had was spent with my family and raising kids and all of that. And you lose touch with your good friends. Yeah. And then that phone feels really heavy. Um, but you came into my life and you're such a relentless like sort of person in terms of like cultivating friendship. Like you're sort of my friendship mentor. Okay. <laughs> Not that I call you and ask you, ask you questions about how to be a yeah. good friend, but for me, like you model, uh, you model like how to be a good friend. And I've seen your Thank life you, nourished as a result of that. Like you're always surrounded by friends. You're always going out of your way to help your friends out. And I know that's like a big kind of theme of your whole life, but I've been privileged to kind of witness that in action. And it's been really impactful to me, man. And so I just wanted to thank, thank you. you man. Like my life is better for, for having you in it. Thank you. I mean, I mean, I appreciate that and getting to know you, becoming your friend. And um, I've always cherished my friendships and uh, I really took them seriously and, and really care about my friends, especially if I really love a person, like I love you, you know, like I love my friends. and. Uh, I always want to check in on them. Um, I always want to hang with them. And I know I can't. I even sent, I sent a text to uh, Brolin a couple of days ago. I said, because we're always texting and sending videos. And I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm always trying to hang out because, but I love hanging out with you when we hang out. It's just, we have these great conversations and it's very inspirational hanging out with my friends. And he's like, dude, I appreciate it too. He's like, but he's got three kids. He's got, everybody have lives going on. And I have a lot, I have a family as well. And sometimes I just, Forget about that in a sense. I just want to have that time with my friends to hang out, but I know it's not that easy, especially mm-hmm. with them so far away, but so close. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, I've always been like that. I wrote songs about that. I um, don't have, it seems like I do have a lot of friends, but there's a small, like, there's a small amount of my friends who are like my close friends. And I consider you one of them. You know what I mean? Somebody I can talk to about anything. And uh, when I hang out, you don't have to hang out all the time to be close, but when we actually, when we hang out together, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, you have this posse, like every time I <laughs> meet up with you in town, it's Chappelle, it's you, it's Derek. You yeah, know, I you my, guys I like little... hold court at whatever vegan restaurant. It used to be our boy Jared's place, Taco Vega, and that went under. And then yeah. we moved to Green Table. Um, yeah. But I don't, you know, like I don't make trips into town that often. I know. Uh, you know, for people that don't know, like I live on the, complete other side of town and with traffic here, it's like, you know, brutal. it's like, it's it could brutal. be an hour and a half just to sure. you know, drive from my house to yours. Yeah. Um, to the point where you're like, are we, are we still friends? You know, it's like, <laughs> bro, you can come out to Calabasas anytime you want. I know, you know I know. I mean? The thing is I don't own a car and I don't drive on highways. I know. And you live in Los Angeles, yeah. which is, that is like no small feat. I would take a bird scooter. No. Um, I walk, I run, I take bird scooters, take Ubers. I'm living like I live in New York City. I walk to everything. I've created this, I stay in my zone. You have a little blue zone. Yeah, and now that I have like the little compound in my house, I have my Pico spa crew. Like I keep everything, I just stay in my area, you know what I mean? Yeah, the so PMA like, zone. PMA zone, yeah. but like, yeah. I never driven on highways, I've, I don't know, it's weird, it's a whole other story, but yeah, I don't, You mentioned Brolin, you're talking about Josh Brolin. That guy is like your biggest fan. Like half his social media is dedicated to promoting your podcast. It's unbelievable. I love him, dude. Will you tell the story about how you guys met? Cause that's an incredible story. Um, It was almost like eight or nine years ago coming out of Crossroads and I was with my friend, he has a low rider. We came out and Josh was with his wife, Catherine taking photos of her in front of the low rider. And we had this brief moment just saying hi. We barely said each other's name, nice to meet you. That was it. And then I don't know, like the next day or two, like he, he followed me on social media, I followed him back. Totally some random 
moment, some random moment. And he sent me that picture the other day. This is the first time we met. It was a picture of that car. Just, I never, obviously I knew who he was. Mm -hmm. uh, he wasn't coming to Crossroads. It was this LA moment, but it was just super like, what's up? And then it just happened. And like, he's just a real one. He's just like an A-list Hollywood actor who's the most humble, punk rock ethics, just human being. You know what I mean? Like he's just like so authentic and so honest and just, I don't know, I just, cause he's in such this world of Hollywood, but he's not like that. Right. Um, and I think he, he, I think he appreciates you for the realness, you mm -hmm. know, and that's returned in kind. Yeah. Like he's going out of his way to shine a light on you. And yeah. clearly he doesn't have to do that, right? Like that's because he has this huge place in his heart for you. Yeah, he's just, he's a solid human, man. He's like one of my close friends out here. And uh, just meeting that random time became such a great uh, friendship, just nice. Yeah, it's cool. Um, where did the, the this whole thing around friendship kind of crop up for you? Have you just always been this the way? hardcore scene, man, like, like, Coming out of a family who, um, you know, my mom was raising three boys on her own after my dad passed and going to my first punk rock show and feeling this community, this kind of family that I didn't have at home because my mom was so busy. She wasn't there that much. Mm -hmm. And being part of this crazy dysfunctional, uh, outcast, weirdo family of punk rock that I really was, I just like gravitated towards it. And, uh, and then moving to New York and being part of this incredible scene where it's like the, the New York family and we have a song called Family Tree and all these people taking me under their wings, give me that tough New York love and like just showing me, I became like pretty much like a man. I moved to New York when I was 18. You know, I never been to New York City. I got dropped up at CBGB's. I'm part of this like tough kind of hard skinhead scene. And I'm this like little naive, positive skateboard kid. And um, yeah, just the whole, friends, family thing, people were looking out for each other. And that's one of our biggest songs mm -hmm. is five-year plan with that, with those lyrics. And so I've always appreciated that because that, th that time in my life, when I was part of that scene and got to move to New York, it changed me forever. And so I appreciate every single person, every single peer and legend and ball breaker and all these people that I met who took me under the wing and showed me what it's like to have like, real friendships. Yeah. And so I've always been like that my whole life with everything. I take it seriously. You know what I mean? There's always time for, there's always time for your friends, no matter how busy people are. You know what I mean? And like, I, and I appreciate um, people that take the time, even just to call, just whatever. Right. But also you, when I said that too, I was like, maybe I was breaking your balls, but like, I know you're busy. I see you traveling everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, but I just really missed you. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I appreciate that. And here we are. Um, when you live in a place like New York City, that almost happens to you. And I think Los Angeles is very different. It can be a, an extremely lonely place, right? Totally. Like you, you have to make that kind of effort if you wanna stay in touch with friends or cultivate those friendships because it doesn't just happen by chance. You do. In New York, it was like, yo, we're gonna meet up at this show Friday night and your friends would be there. Here it's like, let's do lunch, let's do this, let's yeah, talk about like, this and it never happens. <laughs> know. You know what I mean? It's just like- it's the weirdest thing. So old. And it's God. not the people, like all those people, myself included, if I go to New York, then suddenly you're like available and you're good to go. And like, oh, like, what are you doing right now? And you go and you do it because everything is so accessible. Like I can get to that place in 10 minutes. It's a driving thing, you know? I think, man, for sure. Cause you can just walk and meet people all throughout the night, three different people in New York, if you mm -hmm. want in one night. But yeah, the California thing, yeah, that was, that's tricky. It, it, it is kind of a lonely place, especially when I first moved here for the first two years, I was like, 
I didn't want to move here in the first place, but my, my wife was like, we're moving to California. But uh, yeah, but then you find your people. I mean, a lot of people I know aren't even from California that I hang out with. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of transplants. Well, I mean, this is a city of transplants. Yeah. You know, for sure. Who's really from here? Um, you mentioned the hardcore scene in New York back in the day. You were central to that. And it feels like a movement that was very much of a particular time, but there's something about that hardcore scene that that like prevails, right? You said before the podcast you were at a you went to suicidal tendencies last night. Like, I'm like front, yeah. That's still a band. Like <laughs> these bands are still playing and touring, and that community aspect of it is still like a very real thing. And it's also like it's that young spirit too. Like Mike Muir is like 61 years old, going off every single song, Agnostic Front, Vinny Stigma is 68 years old and killing it. And it's just, it's just love of this music and it's like really living these lyrics and it's like doing what you love. It's a combination of all of it. But the crowd last night was very young, which was really cool. Because they're celebrating a 40 year old album. Um, but yeah, I think, I think playing music and especially hardcore and punk, I don't know, we're like, we're like big kids, man. I think musicians you, are all big kids. What do you make of that, the, the, the younger generation getting into it? I think it's awesome. I think that it's super important. Uh, I think that especially bands like Agnostic Front and Suicidal, they're staples in this culture, punk rock and hardcore. So it's like this, this Sex Pistols, there's Ramones, there's A Clash, and then these, these other bands that make the same list, like you have to check out these bands. These are like the pioneers. These mm -hmm. are the legends. These guys are like some of the blueprints of this music. So I think it's cool that kids are actually going back and checking the history of it, the roots of it. You know what I mean? It's What's important. different about now versus then though, is that to be into that kind of thing then was was transgressive, right? Mm. You were sort of making a statement about, um, you know, who you who you were and who you weren't. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna be part of this, this sort of mainstream world is gonna be over there and I'm gonna find my community in this, you know, kind of collection of, of misfits and weirdos and now, it's not really transgressive to be into punk rock. There has to be another motivation that lures people into that. Yeah, maybe maybe for the bands itself, it's different because they've been doing it so long, but for the kids, it's, this is all new to them too. This could be, that could have been their first show last night in 2023, do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. It's their first punk show. So there was the young kids with mohawks and like discharged shirts and just kids that look like throwbacks from the eighties. So I feel like, I don't know, I feel every generation is different, but there's so many young hardcore bands right now. And the scene's bigger than it ever, has ever been, especially coming out of the pandemic, because everybody was watching videos of these bands, like writing songs or like practicing. And then once everything opened back up, this show is every night. And there's like such a young um, generation of really, really great hardcore bands. Including your son who plays drums for you now. Yes, How old yes. is Max now? He's, he's 20. 19? Oh, he's 20, 20 yeah. wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy too. Yeah, and so how does he think about the whole world? I mean, he sort of grew up with it, right? He but did grow up with it. And he's what do his peers think about that? Yeah, I mean, he's into like his own bands. He's into his own new hardcore bands. Like he's going to see shows on his own now, bands he's turning me on to. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously he's 20. This band's 30 years old next year. Um, he grew up mm. going on tour with me. He grew up hearing these songs, but he doesn't really love hardcore as much as people think. He, he's really finding his own music. He's more like a, to like, heavier stuff. But um, yeah, it's his, his friends trip out on it because his friends know his dad has this band, but now he's playing drums in it. And he's actually an incredible drummer. It's not because he's my son. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun with him. It's like a, 
a brand new energy in the bands. He's like yeah. writing the set list. He's, he's like, why don't you guys play this song? This song's great. And he was adding songs into our set list. So wow. we're like a reborn band actually. Yeah, I mean, Feels I think like when, we, when, we, when you did the podcast the first time, he was about to go out with you for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of just an experiment or he was gonna stand in. But yeah. now he's like in the band. Now he's in the band. Yeah, like, <laughs> now we're gonna like write songs right? together. We're gonna like record wow. something. Yeah, which is really, it's very surreal. Like sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm playing on stage, I look back and I, I'm like, oh, that's that's just Max, my son. Like he's on stage, but like, holy shit, like I made that kid. Like it's like it's crazy. It's like trying to separate. Like he's killing it right now. We sound so good. My band's so happy, and um, yeah, I don't know how long it's gonna last. I don't know what uh-huh. you know. He's doing his own thing, but like right now, it's it's awesome, man. When was the band formed again? December. I have a tattoo on my hand. December thirtieth. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't remember. December thirtieth. Uh, 1994. 94. That's yeah. a long time, man. It's freaking crazy. Yeah. And to like be a band and like not have millions of records sold, not have hit records or radio or MTV or just. Right. I mean, that's that's the interesting thing about punk. to me mm-hmm. is that you've been able to, it's not like, oh, let's keep the dream alive. Like you've you've made a career and built a life for yourself with this band but it's very much a DIY story. I mean, you had some moments back in the day and whatever, but like for the last good while, it's just you with a hardcore group of, uh, pardon the pun, like hardcore group of like loyal fans who are gonna show up and support you. And I think it speaks to like this new era that we're in where you don't have to be for everyone and you don't have to sell out huge arenas or whatever. Like you can do your thing and find your people and have like a really great life, like servicing the people who enjoy what you do and not needing it necessarily to be anything bigger or grander than that. Yeah, I mean, we do it, obviously we've made some money in our career, but it wasn't a lot, but we also, still do it, it's still pretty much original members. Um, and we do it, we love it. We love each other, we hang out in real life. People trip out that my band are friends. We text every day. We hang out when we're not on tour. You know, we're like brothers and that's the most important thing to me beyond the band. Um, yeah, and I think that that kind of shows and people know that it's real and we're the exact same people we were many, many years ago, maybe, maybe more gray hair, maybe less hair. Um, but yeah, like we still live, I live the, I live the, I'm, I pride myself on living my lyrics that I wrote 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the same per. I'm the same person. I'm, I'm a big kid, uh, obviously with more responsibilities, but this is who I am, like punk rock and hardcore and everything like really is embedded in my soul, regardless if I maybe not live uh, the most punk rock, like, I don't know, uh, wear shoes that aren't super DIY. Do you know what I mean? Like the, all the ethics of it. Um, but yeah, this is this is I live this. It's in my blood. It's in my it's in my heart. It's a spirit in me, and that's why I think I feel like I may act young or feel young, um, and still love to do what I do because I still believe in it, mm-hmm. and I feel like it matters. And I feel like I won't stop playing until people stop really coming to shows or listening. Like people still care. Yeah, which is awesome. And for somebody who's listening or watching who maybe doesn't have a lot of familiarity with the punk scene or the hardcore scene, when you say like you know you live this this ethos, like, what is that? Like, how do you put words to that? Like, what does that mean? For me, it's just unapologetically being myself forever. Um, for me, you know, being drug-free my entire life is, is a rebellion in itself against the mainstream and against what people expect uh, musicians to be or rock and rollers to be or people who are heavily tattooed kind of lifestyle they're supposed to have. Um, not eating animals since 1988, um, going against the grain going against society, um, not having the nine to five for me. 
which I respect people who have that. Um, and just doing what I wanna do and really having no boss and living the best I can be as a person, a human every day and trying to inspire people and make this world a better place. For me, that's, for me, that's my punk rock hardcoreness, um, being true to myself, being honest. I never try to be anything else my entire life except for myself. I never try to impress anybody. I never try to be a certain way to fit in. I've always just been me. Some people don't like that. Some people love it. Um, yeah, I'm just a happy, hyper high on life kind of human. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes people can be intimidated by that or offended by that, but this is just, it's just me. I just, I've always been like, people that know me, that, that's who I am. Like I just, I still skateboard. Um, yeah, I just feel like a kid. I don't know what it is. Maybe it is my lifestyle of not partying and not eating animals, but I work out a lot and I just, uh, I don't know. I have this spirit inside of me, man. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm a fucking Peter yeah. Pan or some shit. I don't know. I don't <laughs> well, know. <laughs> you definitely have a lot of energy. You know, yeah. you're, you're always positive. You're always enthusiastic. I've, I have never, a good life. I've never seen you like aggravated or like, you know. Like, but I do get like I'll that. I'll come in hot, like, oh, God, I'm tired or whatever. And you're like, confused, you know? But, but also <laughs> for the record, people do think that I'm positive every single day. I'm a fucking human being. And then I go through things. I get dark, I get sad about the world. I feel a lot of the pain of the world uh, as of most people have and are doing lately. Um, but I try to think of the positive. I have a great life. I've been married 27 years. I have an awesome son. I'm very lucky to have an awesome family and a wife who supports me being a big kid, traveling around with my best friends, playing this fucking crazy music. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife's a big part of my life, man, who like, Held me down yeah, through many, amazing. many fucking years. Moon is, of, moon is super cool. So like, I'm very, like, I'm not gonna, you know, but also, yeah, things upset me, things get me mad, but thanks to like exercise and the plunge and the sun, all this stuff, it's a, cause I didn't have that last time we I talked know. on here. I, we're gonna I get into, doing, we're gonna get into that. Mental. We're gonna get into that. <laughs> um, but I wanna stick with, I wanna follow through on this idea of like the DIY life that you yeah. built for yourself. Like, are you, so the band tours, you do your thing. You don't really answer to anyone, but you've built this career. I answer to my wife. You had, yeah, you answer, of course. Um, you have a lot, of, like merch is a big part of like kind of the band and, yeah. and, and what you do. And I think you had told me that like you, st like you package everything and you like, are still. You, st you still do all of that yourself, yes. right? So if, if you order like something on, you know, from H2O, like a hoodie or whatever, like you're the one who's like putting it in the box. It's for me, I'm answering all the yeah. emails. Where's my merch? Uh, can you change the <laughs> size? And then when I write back that it's me like, oh my God, I didn't realize you do this. I do it all. I, uh -huh. I, I design it. I put online, I do the pre-orders. Uh, my friend Alex picks it up for me sometimes. Um, and I do all the merch and I ship it out. I go, let me go to the post office. I print out every label. I sign the uh, international ones. I put notes in there. I sign people's stuff. And I love that. Hmm. It's just directly from me to them. I, I love it and I appreciate it. And uh, it's going great. It's been going great for years. That's People cool. now know I do it, but right. now they can DM me like, where's my stuff? And like, yeah. Stressing me out for listeners is that when I say pre-order, that means it's a pre-order. That means it's not ready at this moment. Sometimes I'll get an email the next day. Where's my order? I'm like, it says pre-order. You know, Google the pre-order means it could take two or three weeks, especially now everything's backed up since the pandemic. Everything's more expensive. Everything takes a longer time. People have to be more patient coming out of this because everyone's touring, everybody's making merch and the garments are hard to get different sides. It's really a different world coming out of the pandemic. But be patient. With I me. think I told you at one point not to do it. Like, well, just <laughs> listen, man. You should focus on the stuff that only you can do, I so know, you can I be know. Toby and you can find somebody else to do this. But I, I feel I have this sense that you, you, well, you love it, but also I think you 
probably believe that if you let somebody else handle that for you, it's sort of the beginning of the end. It's hard or to like, let go. You're, you're, yeah, it's, it's, you've lost like, that there's some, it'll be a chink in, in the authenticity of what you're trying to do. I, and I mean, part of that is probably true. And part of that is an illusion that might be holding <laughs> you back. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I, do, I do enjoy, I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing the same people's names or in the same stuff. All right, no, thank you again. Like, I don't know, I just, I love it. I've saved every letter I've gotten from people my entire life. I've written every single person back. I, I appreciate my life and I appreciate people's support. So it's coming directly from me. Um, not that it makes it any more special, but I just, I'm very hands-on, like I'm very DIY. I love just doing it, it doesn't bother me. And actually when I'm printing out labels and packages, it's really relaxing. I just chill in my office and do it. It's like shut everything down and just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been doing it forever, I just, I don't know. Yeah. So when you, were, when you were on the show the first time, we went into like your whole kind of coming up story, backstory and yeah. all that. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna retread that, but I do think it's worth spending a few minutes on on the fact that like you've been drug free your entire life, which is yes. amazing. Like you've never taken drugs. You've never gotten drunk. You no. never had one beer. No. Your whole life. Nothing. Smoked a cigarette. No. Chewed tobacco, no. anything. <laughs> <laughs> My mom changed so in the house. The straight edge thing enters your life at a very young age when 13. you were ex- extremely impressionable and needed a little bit of guidance. And that ultimately is what led you to New York City, right? But yes. um, the fact that you have like adhered to this path without wavering for decades, without even dipping your toe in anything, even accidentally, yeah, is no. kind of amazing. So scared of it my whole life, probably not anymore because I'm in my fifties, but yeah, I was. I saw my brothers partying around me, they introduced me to punk rock. And then I hear this different types of punk rock. Then I hear Minor Threat song called Straight Edge. I was like, wow, these guys are aggressive. I can skate to them and I don't actually have to drink or do drugs. It'd be cool, fit in. Sign me up, 13 years old, sign me up. I, I, I'm never gonna try anything. I saw my brothers, they was, I was so scared of them when they were high or drinking a beer. My mom was chain smoking. My clothes smelled like Virginia Slims my whole life. Smelled like cigarettes, all my clothes going That's to school. That's what my mom, my mom smoked, Virginia she Slims. Did. Yeah. <laughs> I hated cigarettes. And you, you, didn't you live, you lived in Maryland for a while, right? Yeah, for high school. St. Mary's? Yeah. Is that mom, where you went to high school? Yeah, my mom know, got a job I know there. that town. Yeah. yeah, wow. Went from um, Rhode Island to there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, the timing was perfect for me because I was a, wanted to be a pro skater. I was skating to all this aggressive punk. It came, that was like the soundtrack in the eighties was punk and skating. And I heard Minor Threat and that was it. Then I found mm. way out, then I found other bands after that, uh, the same ideals and also animal rights came in as well. But yeah, never tried anything. And then there was really no peer pressure in high school. I was like hyper break dancing, skateboarding kind of guy. I was the prom king. Um, I were you, you were prom king? <laughs> like you're the kid who like everybody liked, it didn't matter. You know, like you didn't, you transcended the clicks, right? I guess, yeah. Probably, probably, I could see you just, Going switch toggle switching between groups with no problem. Yeah, I was going to I was going to cake parties, just like drinking soda and stuff. And they knew I was like the kind of weird kid in the school. Nobody tried to pressure me. The pressure kind of came when I left school and got in a band. I was with all these other bands backstage and traveling. There was drugs and there was drinking everywhere. But there was really no pressure. People was like, "You still you haven't grown out of that." My barber, who I've had for like thirty years, still asked me, "Have you ever had a drink yet?" I was like, "No, it's never going to happen. <laughs> like it's not something that's going to uh-huh. happen all of a sudden." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's never. Yeah, it's crazy because my son's like that too, and he's twenty. Like mm-hmm. he never tried anything, and there's no pressure. Yeah. He just sees how I am. And he's hyper too. So. And the no animal diet comes in um, with the entrance of bad brains, right? Like that, bad brains, that your, or uh, use it today, gorilla biscuits, right? 
uh, Soul Side, even KRS One had a song called KRS My Philosophy. One. Right. So eighty eight. Were you roommates with Gorilla Biscuits? Yes, in Queens. I lived in the mm-hmm. closet. I lived in Alan Cage's closet. <laughs> it was a walk-in closet. <laughs> uh, there was Sib Walter and Alan Cage, uh-huh. and uh, I got to sing backups on Start Today, which is an incredible hardcore record classic. And then a song called Cats and Dogs, Thou Shall Not Kill, and that really just. I mean, they would listen to Meet His Murder, like the uh, Smiths record mm-hmm. in the house, but. I didn't really need a lot of meat growing up. My mom had like her amazing meatloaf. That was the same thing she pushed every week, some actually dry meatloaf. Uh, I had fish sticks once in a microwave. There was really not a lot of meat in my house, no steaks, we couldn't afford that. So when I got to New York and got into the animal rights stuff and then living with Gorilla Biscuits, I was like, it was Done. just it was no brain. It was just, this yeah. is all my friends and this is what we're doing. We had like the PETA videos at the punk shows and the pamphlets, it was just like, it was great. And yeah. I stuck with that too since then, man. Right. So it was vegetarian for a while. Yeah, for though, a while. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The full vegan thing came much later. A little bit later. Yeah. It's pretty brutal, like wearing canvas shoes in Manhattan. Yeah. Like through the blizzards and stuff. Like all the sacrifices <laughs> I've done for the cows and stuff. Like I really probably appreciate it. Yeah. There it. wasn't, a, there's not, there, the, 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 the vegan fashion thing wasn't brutal. online yet. You know, vans were yeah. converse in the winter. Dude. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I was part of the whole movement and like uh, with Shelter and these other bands and just stuck with it, man. Mm. It's interesting how um, the punk world and the animal rights activism world like overlap. We were both at an event last week yeah. um, to support Maggie Baird's Support and Feed yeah. uh, nonprofit initiative. Um, for those that don't recall, um, she was on the podcast. She's Phineas and Billie Eilish's mom. She's amazing created family. this amazing organization. Um, where uh, they're providing plant-based meals uh, to underprivileged neighborhoods. And I think even on like, I've noticed, I don't know if you've seen this, like if you order Uber Eats or Postmates, sometimes when you're checking out, they're like, do you want to support? And like, it'll say like, do you want to throw a couple dollars at support and feed? Oh, that's like, cool, that I did not up, see Which that. is cool. It's awesome. And I know they show up at all of uh, Billy and Phineas's shows Concerts to provide meals, et cetera. They did Coldplay um, too and Paramore this year. Yeah. That was huge, it's right? Huge, man. Yeah, yeah, it's so awesome. Um, but I'm bringing that up because at that event, there's like, like, there's Moby. Like, there's a we, you know, like that. He comes from the same world, that punk world, that straight edge world. Um, so that's just a really interesting, um, like, match of of subcultures yeah. that unite around this issue. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like obviously the Smiths, but then I feel like punk rock and hardcore was some of the first bands, like even in England too as well, like really singing about animal rights back then, mm-hmm. you know, putting in their music and then Carious One as well, um, Dead Prez and other, other artists. But yeah, for me, I was into that world. So I feel like these were the only bands singing about it. I'm sure there were more, but it was really like a big part of the movement. Yeah. For sure, animal well, rights. Well, the straight edge movement has a lot, seems to have a lot in common with the early days of hip hop. Mm. I don't know about now, yeah. how you think about that, but you're kind of a music historian. I mean, like public I mean, you're a big, like you're that. a big hip hop guy too. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Just like against the grain, kind of rebellious kind of music and singing about things that people, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like public Enemy. Yeah, yeah. yeah Boogie Down Productions, um, Ted Prez. There was so many artists back then that were singing about things like this conscious way of living and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just what everybody else was singing about. Yeah, for sure. Even more now, there's so many uh, vegan hip hop artists and drug free artists talking about that in their music. It's really awesome to see. Well, there's certainly like a whole new generation of young musicians who like care about well-being in a way yeah. that like would have 
been totally bizarre, you know, not mm-hmm. too long ago, right? Yeah. Like, you know, even even like, you know, peop, like big hit makers like Mike Posner, you know, like he just wants to talk about sprouting and like his cold, you know, like his cold plunging and stuff like that. <laughs> it's so cool though. It is, it's, it's great, interesting, you know, yeah. like, like how do we live well? How do we live fully embodied? How do we self-actualize as artists as opposed to self-immolate and like self-destruct? Yeah, and I definitely feel like we said a few minutes ago, like the ability is a big, big part of that, like with her platform and having like vegan Nikes coming out and vegan Gucci and just all these different things she's trying to change and spread awareness to use her platform. There's not many artists that are that big that use their platform for good yeah. for the planet. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's, it's, it's huge it's role model. Powerful. Kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is a powerful creator. Yeah. That young lady. And it's awesome. You know, it's so and her fa- it's a family too. I it mean, is cool. Like what Patrick and, and Maggie, you know, did with their family and these two beautiful artists that are their children who they still like, they go, they go on tour with them still, right? Yep, like still travel with them. Um, and the dad rolls with the crew too. The unit is like so tight. tight. They support each other. And like what Billy has matured into and like Phineas winning Grammys, like it's, and, 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 and recognizing like the power that they wield with their platform and then leveraging that to do good things for the yeah. things that they care about is, is really, you know, inspirational. There's not many artists I can really think about actually do that, that level at this point. I yeah. mean, suppo- yeah, yeah, it's awesome. At our core, we all long for peace. We all yearn for contentment. And above all, we all desire happiness, but underappreciated is the efficacy of meditation and our ability, our innate ability to train the mind to achieve more joy, more well-being and equanimity. Waking Up's guided meditations, founded by neuroscientist, philosopher and best-selling author Sam Harris, provide just that, plus this extraordinary library of additional resources courses on stoicism, courses on cognitive behavioral therapy, time management, procrastination, and so much more. Sam also has dozens of thoughtful conversations with leading scholars on everything from psychedelics to happiness. But my absolute favorite is the complete organized collection of talks by Alan Watts, which is just a stunning treasure of wisdom I find myself revisiting time and time again. Listeners of the show can get 30 days to try waking up for free. Plus, you'll save $30 on the in-app price. If price is a concern, waking up offers the app for free for anyone who can't afford it. You can find the links on their website to get a full scholarship. Right now, just go to wakingup.com slash richroll to start your free month today. It's a most worthy investment in yourself. That's wakingup.com slash richroll. I get a ton of DMs asking about my shades, my spectacles, and the answer is always the same, and it boils down to four letters, R-O-K-A, ROKA. Founded by two of my Stanford swimming compadres from back in the day, ROKAs are designed by athletes for athletes with groovy styles for everything from the bike to the boardroom. It's basically, every kind of eyewear for any and all conditions without the dork factor. All their optics are top tier, all their frames are flyweight light. None of them will ever slip down your nose no matter how much you drip. And they've got style options for miles, sunnies, formal eyeglasses, prescriptions, progressives, it's all in there. 
I rock the Hamiltons during the day. I've got them in Tortoise. I've got them in matte black. I've got them in clear on the bike and on the trail. It's the Torinos for me and uh, aviators when I'm on the go traveling or behind the wheel. Roka rules. And right now you can check out Roka's eyewear lineup and feel the difference for yourself. Unlock 20% off your order with the code richroll at roka.com. That's R-O-K-A.com. Let's talk about your like journey with well-being. Okay. So when we first met, like you're a generally healthy guy, yeah. eating plant-based and all that kind of stuff. But at some point you decided you needed to level up and like enter like a whole new world of stuff that you've been exploring, you know? I know. And and I Including think- running, right? Like yes. you, you showed up in your ons, like you're all about running. Uh, I, I'd like to think I played a small part in, in trying to inspire that. 100%. But I remember not too long ago, we were at Andrew Huberman's house and I, and, and I watched you do your first like sauna cold plunge. Yes. There. And now you're like a plunging maniac. <laughs> Your whole your whole social media is just you in a cold plunge and then my, the people you have over for the podcast, you make them do the whole thing. Yeah, um, let's go back to that. So yeah, <laughs> I did the, the plunge for the first time at Huberman's house with you, an ice plunge, which is different because I feel like it's two different things. The ice just sitting in there and then the cold plunge actually uh, sprays, uh, puts water on you. You know what I mean? It's like moving yeah. on you the whole time. And I had to do it in front of you two who were like the kings of this. I was so scared. I was like, trying not to shake, but I did it. And it just, I don't know, it was my first time doing it. It felt amazing, man. I just, I don't know what it was, but I've been seeing you guys do it for a while and you're a big inspiration, obviously. Um, yeah, and then Josh has like his own one too and Huberman. Mm. And so I did that and I just, I got obsessed with it. You know, I just set a goal to like, I'm gonna um, sell my car. I'm gonna get my son a car and then I'm gonna build this thing in my backyard with the plunge and the sauna. And I did it, man. It took like yeah. a while, but like now it's my everyday. I love it. It's just, it's a game changer. And then I started running more. My friend Alex as well, running and my friend Hakim. Um, thank you. I met him through you as yeah. well. And so, That's yeah, an we just, just started running and just getting more serious about it and doing weight training to balance just running and just, yeah, I just, I'm upset. I love it. I wanna do, I wanna do my first uh, half marathon soon. They actually do a marathon next That's year, cool. I hope. Yeah. That's cool. But you're a big inspiration on that, man. I ran well, here and there, you know, so. I mean, I think it's, listen, you sold your car so you could make that dream a reality for, sure. for yourself. And for I sure. remember you having like some discomfort around like doing something for yourself. Yes. You're like, it felt indulgent to, to spend a bunch of money I've on never something done that. for your own, well-being or happiness, right? Guilty. And so I think that you have, you know, earned the right to to have that and you certainly like listen, it's not like it just lies fallow in your backyard. Like oh, you're no. in it all the time and I think oh, it's yeah. improved your life to have that. So um I hope that you feel good about investing in yourself that way. I did, at first I felt yeah, the guilt and, and the thing about it, but now I'm just like, no, I love it. I sleep better, just everything about it's incredible, man. And I'm so crazy. Like I dream of plunge yesterday. I clean it once a month. I, I keep everything spotless. I'm a freak about it. I love it. I have my gym in my garage. It's just, it's perfect, dude. I feel way better. And so, so for somebody who's never done that before, like what is the difference? Like, I feel like you're, you have a lot of energy. Yes. Maybe it's hard for you to go to sleep at night. Like yes. you're just, you're, just you're spinning, right? Like <laughs> I just know, <laughs> like if I do like that kind of, 
you know, uh, protocol, like in the late afternoon or, or early evening, like I just, I just, it calms me down. I sleep better at night. I just feel better in my body. There's definitely like an antidepressant aspect For to sure. it. Yeah, and I feel like going in the plunge is the only thing that keeps me calm. It's so crazy because I've seen so many people have different reactions trying it for the first time, like jumping out, screaming and stuff. But like, I could just get in there and chill to the point where I did like 13 minutes once. And did you? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Did you set it? Where do you, what do you set the temp at? 39. You do? Uh-huh. So all the way. All the way. And uh, I think you. somebody hit me up. I don't know if it was Josh or Andrew. Somebody said, I said, you need to chill. I see what you're doing. I've done that before. Like you're pushing yourself. You it's not do about that. how long you do it. Yeah, but I, I did that for myself because I want to see how long I could do it. But I don't do that no more. Now I do it a couple of times mm-hmm. every time I do it. But yeah, it keeps me calm. I love it. I zone out. I put some Sinead O'Connor on. That's like my, my go-to music. I just zone out there. I love it. I don't you're know. wearing a Sinead O'Connor hoodie yeah. right now. One orange, of my favorites. Orange for Halloween. Yeah, I had to represent. Um, what is the whole Sinead O'Connor thing? All I just about feel like she's you? one of the most punk rock artists that was in the pop world. Um, things she sang about and spoke about, a lot of it came true. Um, she was canceled before cancel culture for speaking her mind. Everything that happened became true. They never brought her back. It's a really sad story. Um, the documentary she has out now is uh, incredible. Um, when they weren't putting hip hop as a genre. I think it was on the Grammys. She did a Public Enemy logo on the side of her head because mm-hmm. Public Enemy boycotted the show as well. Um, just her hip hop and her um, reggae roots and just her story, man. Just like shaving her head, not trying to be like the stereotypical pop star, not trying to be pretty. Um, I just think she's a badass, man. And like, I've been repping her for years. I have her eyes tattooed in the back of my legs for like 20 years. And um, it was just really sad. Especially yeah. when that doc had just come out and then she passed. I know. Her I son, his seen son it had just Julie watched too. it. She was she was very moved by it. And you know, she she was it's hard to understand like how courageous she was at that time. Talk about using your platform. And she got and your annihilated. Voice. Annihilated. Talk about imagine doing like somebody at like a Billy's uh how, right now, it's speaking about stuff like that too. She was doing that. She was the biggest she ever was. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. Ripping up the Pope's picture, all that stuff, just like crazy, man. Right. Super punk. Did not give a shit about getting cancer or anything. I mean, maybe she did later on in life. I'm not sure, but just seeing like how it ended and stuff. It's just and her son passing and stuff like a year ago. I was I was wrecked by this, man. Like I didn't. I was wrecked by it because I just I listened to her all the time still, you know, and uh. I had done this post where I was like, bucket list, Sinead O'Connor. I did a post about people damning me from Ireland. I work at a record label. People were trying to help me like track her down for like a minute. And then three months later, like she passed. Mm. Yeah, I just thought she was amazing. Yeah, I know that that, that was a, like your ultimate dream podcast yeah. guest, right? But I didn't know where she was. It was a point where it was on the news. She was in a hotel in New Jersey or something. Like I was always trying to keep tabs on her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just thought she was so, and then the doc came out. I was like, wow, man, this is beautiful and really sad, you know? Heavy. So yeah, I think she's one of the most punk rock, uh, probably female artists that, we, that we'll see, that yeah. we've seen yeah. and in the spotlight too. Yeah. So yeah, man, rest in peace, Sinead. Um, back to the, the protocol, Let's go. the Toby protocol. Uh, in addition to, to the sauna and the plunge and the running and all of that, like you also like really up leveled your nutrition. Like you've been plant-based forever but there's being plant-based and then there's like really being intentional about being a healthy plant-based yeah. person. And those, that's a world of difference. Yeah, I went like um, gluten-free like a year and a half ago. I thought being vegan would, would means 
um, not to get real personal, but going to the bathroom all the time and having a weird stomach and feeling bloated. And I uh, did an 18 day juice cleanse and started reintroducing stuff to my body and the gluten wasn't cutting it. You know, the fake meats, all that stuff. And I just cut it out and I, I, it changed everything. My wife cannot believe it. Like, I'm gonna be honest, I used to carry toilet paper in my pocket. I had a serious stomach issues. I had uh, Modi Medi on me I, when I travel. The craziest life of stomach issues. I never got tested for it. And maybe I'm even, maybe it's maybe something more than that. But ever since I cut the gluten out, everything's normal. I'm not bloated no more. I feel lighter. I eat totally way cleaner. Athletic greens just every day, just everything. Like mm. I just, you look, strictly healthy. You look good, man. Like how Thank old are you? you? 52? 53. 53. Yeah. Like your skin looks good. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. It's, 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 <laughs> it's working, right? <laughs> I mean, it's the diet and the lifestyle. Yeah. Sure, and the sauna uh, and all, that's good for your skin too, yeah. Yeah. Plunge. How old were you the, the last time you had meat? Probably 1987. Mm. I don't know what it, what it could have been, but something, yeah. Like before I moved to New York for sure. Cause I, were, I, I worked at Subway. I worked at Subway Did before you? I needed to. I wasn't eating meat uh -huh. then though, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's OG status, 87. I actually worked at Subway, wait, wait, let me rewind this. I went to New York and I came back for like a summer for some reason. And my first tattoo is a Grilla Biscuits tattoo. And it says, meat is murder. And I got a job at Subway. I was like 18 or 19. And they made me, they ordered me a long sleeve Subway shirt because they didn't want me promoting vegetarianism at Subway. Uh -huh. So I was the only person <laughs> with a long sleeve, so this is a true story, uh -huh. with a long sleeve Subway shirt to cover my meat is murder tattoo. And I hate, I worked for like a couple months. I was like touching the meat and so I was like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. then I went to landscaping or something, yeah. So when people say, how do you get your protein or how do you oh, make geez, it work? Dude. Or, you know, you're gonna wither away and all that kind of stuff. Like, so, how do you- Just beans how do and you, rice, how do you, how do you like, but you must get asked that a lot as somebody who's just, notable yeah. and, you know, even people who are curious, who just honestly don't know the answer to that. I mean, there's supplements, there's everything you can take. Now in 2023, there's, there shouldn't even be a question. Do you know I me? Mean? Plant-based is so like popular and everywhere. It's like, you just got people, you can just Google what you need to get, but I'm, I'm, I like, I'm quinoa, I'm kale, I'm beans, I'm tofu, a lot of tofu. Um, yeah, vegetables, greens. I'm always doing juice cleanse, nuts. Um, I told you I was, I'm in molasses now because molasses have this crazy high iron in B12, which I never knew. Do you know that about molasses? No, I didn't know that. I mean, they're not the tastiest um, things, but. Yeah, I can't, I, 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 I couldn't tell you like the last time I had molasses. Yeah, Black, I've probably never had them till now. Blackstrap molasses? Yeah. That would, where do you even get it? Just at the grocery store. You go to the, like the whole, the like natural foods, no, like macrobiotic store. It's just organic really? molasses, yeah. Huh. Um, but I, I tried to do so many supplements that that the greens helps a lot. Um, and what do you do when you're on tour and bring traveling? The, I bring the greens in packs. Um, this happy cow, thank you happy cow, because every city, state, country, you can find a vegan or vegetarian restaurant. Whoever created happy cow should get crazy award. Mm. It's a game changer. Yeah, I use that every yeah. time I travel. Um, yeah, there's, there's restaurants in every city, every everywhere, man. Like. Hungry, thriving, Poland, Berlin's the Mecca. Like going to Europe is incredible. Berlin man. is the vegan capital of the universe. They have vegan grocery stores. Yeah, vegans. Yeah. Vegans. <laughs> it's so I good. Know. You can grocery <laughs> shop up top and eat at the bottom. I, I mean, it's just a different world. People shouldn't, I mean, now it's just like, that question's not really been asked in a long time, maybe, but yeah, I mean, that's people's main concern. Um, iron, just all this stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. do you take supplements too? Take athletic greens and yeah. I do supplement. I think I think supplements have 
their place, responsible supplementation. Yeah. And I think even no matter how well you're eating, you know, everybody has certain levels of deficiencies. All you have to do is get a blood test. If you do a broad enough panel, you'll yeah. realize you're low, you're gonna be lower in some areas and higher in others. And um, especially as you get older, totally. uh, I think it's, you know, I think there's, you know, a lot of good reasons to do that. And I think people will use that to say, well, your diet must be insufficient or incomplete if you're supplementing, but I don't care what diet you're on. Like I think supplementation has has its place. Yeah. Not as a replacement for trying to get your nutrients. Those should come from the foods that you eat. Um, but you know, we don't all eat perfectly every single we don't, day. Man. And you know, if you wanna be optimal, then I think that, you know, having your blood work done regularly and paying attention to where you're lacking and addressing that is, you know, an easy fix. Yeah, the greens definitely help. It's a game changer in the morning. Just have that and then know that just in case that day you don't get them in. Right. Shout out Athletic Greens. This is like a sponsor fest. Like (laughs) shout out Athletic Greens, shout out Momentus, shout out Plunge. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, the the cold plunge. Shout out Ryan. Yeah. Uh, We both have our plunges from him. Great partner for us. And I know- these are all things that help you For you and I came and did your podcast with him. Yeah, man. So lots of love here all the way around. But But these are products that are like, life-changing. They're good products. It's sort of like, I, I, that's why they're sponsors of the show. Of course. You know, it's not like uh, just a thing. It's like, I, you know, like yourself, I'm very conscious of the partners that we work with. For sure. I I want them to be things that I'm excited about and that I use. For sure. And also for people like, can't afford a plunge, like a cold shower or just putting ice in your bath. And I see people on tour creating their own like buckets that they're going in after stage with a trash bag and ice, like whatever works, man. That's that, super You're DIY. seeing that when you go, when you like I'm seeing fans are doing stuff. that backstage. Yes, yes. Who was I talking to? Oh, Travis got a little icing he does before and after right. the show. Interesting. But you can get these ones that are inflatable and they come uh-huh. on tour and stuff. So does Travis have like a plunge? Yeah, I like got my plunge. A, a part of his rider? No, that travels he, with him when he's, no. when, he's, when he's playing? It's a portable thing though, for sure. Yeah, yeah, That's interesting. I think a lot of bands are doing that. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I had a band on the other day and the guy's like, yeah, we do it all the time. There's a lot of bands now that are going to like spas during the day and doing the sauna and the cold plunge. It's crazy. Everybody's being so uh, conscious of like mental health and everything and physical and mm-hmm. because on tour it's, it's not the most glamorous thing, man. You're like grinding, you're getting yeah. no sleep. Like when I go on tour, I, this LA fantasy diet is out the window. Like I, it's a survival for me. Whatever I can get each day and get that sleep, it's so important. And the fact that younger bands are like focused on that, even if it's a trend that they're, they're doing the ice and the sauna, it's great. You know what I mean? Because this, is a, this has been a long journey, like yeah. living this way and yeah. playing music, jumping yeah. around and stuff. It's cool. I mean, I think the, you know, I can't imagine being on the road and being in a bus and city to city to city and getting in at weird hours Think about and having your sleep disrupted. Yeah, van. Like, I'm I just know for myself when I'm traveling a fair amount and I arrive somewhere new and it's late, like it's already past dinner time. Like, pretty much everything's closed. And so, what do I do? I open up. Like, I I see what's on the at the hotel on the you know the room service is terrible. Then I open up Postmates or Uber Eats or whatever. And and the problem is that there are options, but they're generally like- Closed. Well, the stuff that's open are like vegan, like cheeseburgers and fries. It's like, so it's junk food. You know what I mean? Like you can get, you can eat quote unquote vegan, but you might as well go to Wendy's or McDonald's. But we're not, but we're not in LA. So it's just, you know I what know, I mean? It's so like, it's like, well, I have to eat and I end up eating shitty food more we, than I would care to admit. We got into DC like one in the morning, like two weeks ago and we were starving. We sat in the lobby and we ordered Domino's pizza and I had a gluten-free 
cheeseless pizza like at two in the morning. It's basically it gluten-free so, bread. It was with so like brutal. Red sauce on I'm like it drinking something. like a Coca-Cola. I'm like, what am I doing? Like this was like two in the morning. I would never do that here, but I was starving. Mm -hmm. I woke up the next day. I feel like all guilty and weird about it. I'm like, gonna survive, man. You gotta eat yeah. though. It's so important though. <laughs> um, you mentioned mental health. Uh, you're the PMA guy, just born and bred positive. I don't know how how that works. Me but either. I don't like know you either, are, man. you know, it's crazy. And and you know, I opened up this podcast by saying that that you know, lots happened since we first talked. And you know, four years ago the world was very different. And yeah. now we're in, you know, we're on the other side of a lot of insanity. And now there's a whole new level of insanity, especially on um, social media channels, the discourse, a lot of acrimony, a lot of shouting and yelling and, and signaling to in groups and all of that. And um, it's dark. As good as my life is and as positive as my disposition is and as grateful as I am to have the life that I have, I find myself struggling to remain positive um, about the broader world and kind of what I'm noticing transpire. And that's not specific to any particular issue, just in general, like when you log on to whatever, you know, social media platform of your choice, I have to like log off right away. Like yeah. I just, I literally start to get depressed as I scroll and kind of see how people are interacting with each other. It is so depressing. how do you do that? And like, how do you maintain that positivity? I think I live in a bubble a lot of the times as far as like what's happening on the world, that stuff I can't control or fix. Even if I post about something, is that really gonna help? Could it help or should I do it or not do it? And just seeing how the world is. And I, I do feel, and that's the thing that makes me sad is stuff that I can't fix or can't help. That I feel the world's pain, especially with things that are going on the past couple of years, shit the past for a long time, especially now though. And like, yeah, maybe I just scroll by and look at it or read about it. I, I got deep into it the other day about what's going on now and it was really happening. I've been talking to a lot of my friends about it who come from there and different places in the world and just trying to understand it. And um, yeah, it's hard because the world is fucked and the world is a negative uh, dark place. And I do my best to uh, be a good person in this world and try to help people and inspire people and, um, live a good life. And uh, you want the whole world to be like that too and be conscious of how they treat people. And it's frustrating. Yeah, it's hard. Now, you get, now, now I'm getting dark about it. Like, yeah, it's just, it's hard to like scroll through that things because social media is a dark place. And if you get on that spiral on there and people fighting in the streets, you see so much anger right now and, and uh, violence and this, ten, this tension since coming out of the pandemic, it seems like it's gotten, and even more magnified with so everything's magnified from social media. If there was no social media, I think the past couple of years would be way less stressful than it ended up being. It's just, everything's on there in your face all day long. Yeah. You know, especially when we had a president who was on Twitter talking crazy shit. Like it was just a crazy time. Then now what's happening in the world, it's like, like, what can we do? I mean, we can talk about, we can get people on the podcast to talk about things about it or who are living there or being part of things. But yeah, it's frustrating. And I do get dark and I do, maybe that's when I go for a run or maybe I, um, sometimes I'll just zone out and I'll put my phone away when we look at it. Cause it's hard to digest it all. Mm -hmm. Especially when you feel like kind of powerless. I mean, we have these platforms to talk about it and try to help things. But like, if you're not really there in the midst of it in the mix, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. It's hard, man. I guess I do kind of, um, I know about things. I try to keep my my ear to what's happening in the world. At the same time, I kind of just 
keep it moving in my zone, having these amazing conversations with people and, you know? Yeah, I mean, talks. I, it's hard, man. You, you mean, you truly are one of the most positive people in my life. And, you know, I've watched you in the world, like interact with people, everybody you meet, you meet with love, compassion, non-judgment. Um, you meet people where they're at, like you like all different kinds of people, especially like when it comes to music where it's like, you're only allowed to like this kind or that kind, like you like everything, you're, you love Coldplay. Yes. And like you like to, you know, all the bands that you're, are, are not supposed to be cool. Like not you're punk. the first person to say like, you know, th these guys are amazing or whatever. Like there's just a, a really beautiful kind of welcoming um, energy that you have. Uh, and I, I, you know, it's, it's clear that like, you've just been a fantastic dad. Like I look at Max, uh, this kid walks into a room and just owns it. Like he's so <laughs> like charismatic and sure of himself in, in a healthy way. Like he knows who he is. He'll look you in the eye. He'll talk, he talks to everybody. He's not intimidated by anyone. Um, and he just has this like really kind of joyful spirit about him as well. Uh, and I was like, man, you guys did a good job. Thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the communication is key. Uh, my son traveled with us since he was very, very young. Um, we've always had an open relationship with my son, talk about everything he wanted to talk about and uh, unconditional love. And uh, probably, probably, you know, for me, I didn't grow up with a dad. So um, everything was new to me, just learning along the way and stuff. And uh, my wife's an incredible mother. And uh, yeah, he's just a very well-rounded, open-minded. He's seen, he's been all around the world, seen different cultures, you know? He's been everywhere. And uh, I grew up around a lot of awesome musicians and people. And I'm very lucky, man, especially a kid growing up in Hollywood too. Yeah, I know. There's uh, so many different things, temptations, the, the, all kinds of yeah, stuff. Yeah, all around, right? All yeah. around. Like he went to a big high school too. Like it could have gone any number of different ways. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He went to Larchmont for a while, then he went to Hamilton High, which is a great school music program. The guys and interrupters went there, the three brothers. They have like a whole like sort of recording studio. I think that high school has its own label. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. do. You know that? Yeah, my son's yeah. band, okay, my son's band Ren was on that record label. Wow. It was signed to the label. And then one of the students was their manager at the school. That's crazy. There's like an Adidas sound lab there or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's a really great school. He, he learned how to play the piano really well. He knows how to read music. It was a really wonderful move. He was kind of sheltered in the Larchmont world. And he's like, I want to go. He basically said eighth grade, I want to go to a school where there's bullies and lockers. That's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. So he went to a real school. Yeah, I mean, Hamilton <laughs> Hamilton is that, you know, like that's yeah. a big place. You it's know? a really big campus, mm -hmm. man. And there's kids from all around the whole city that would go there and stuff. And yeah, man, really happy. He's a really good kid, man. And how did he end up in the band? Like, what is it? Like, I know he's like modeling. He wants to be, Is he's pursuing acting. Yeah, I yeah he's doing that. all that, yeah. yeah. So the band just happened. I mean, my uh, he would play one song with us for a really long time. He played a song called Nothing to Prove. He'd come up on stage since he was like nine years old. And then uh, fast forward, my drummer, Todd Friend, shout out to Todd Friend. He had a problem with his shoulder. He had a couple of surgeries where he, it was hard for him to perform. And uh, the timing just happened with my son to jump up and play a gig with us because of that. And uh, it just continued. It's been continuing since that for like two years now. Mm. And we still see my drummer, he comes out to the show in New York, he sang a song with us, it's all love, it's, it's, it's perfect, man. Yeah. So I don't know how long it's gonna last. Right, you just take it while you can get it, right? Yeah, like what totally. a cool thing to like play music with your, with your son. Yeah, I might not be cool next year, I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? He might, be like, <laughs> he might join another band. Look, there's nothing like, there's nothing you can do to be cool for your kid, doesn't matter. No. You, you're, you confront like a cool band or whatever, it's still gonna be, you know, 
We'll always be cool, I hope, you know? No, I mean, you'll be cool with each other, but um, you always think like, I mean, I can't imagine a cooler dad than you, but like, no matter what you you. do or who you are, like your kid is always gonna on some level, and it's supposed to be this way. Like, (laughs) you're not as cool as you think, you know? Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And it's meant to be that way. Yeah. Because they're the next generation and they got their own ideas about what's cool. Yeah, he'll check me once in a while on yeah. different things. It's stupid or that's cringe or that's silly, something I say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you do that's cringe to him? I don't know. Maybe was, I don't know. <laughs> you said that to me before that about yeah. something or something or even before if I post something, he's like, you sure want to post that? Like, he'll check me on stuff. It's yeah. cool. I like that though. There is a certain um, thing when you're that age where, where, you know, most people like in their early 20s, it's all about like kind of cynicism and irony, like nothing's yeah. cool, everything's lame, all of that. And you're a very earnest person. And I feel like Max is pretty earnest. Like he doesn't strike me as that person who's like, everything sucks or all those bands suck. Like no, he, no, he's no, like, no. you know, he's pretty enthusiastic about he, Yeah, the world. He, he is, man. Yeah, he has a good life. You better definitely have that enthusiasm. Yeah. He's definitely had a, a wonderful, he still lives at home, he's 20 years old, it's I awesome. <laughs> are, are How long kids? is that gonna go for? I don't know, man. There's a lot of kids now, it seems like to yeah. be like in this generation, they're still living at home kind of late. It's interesting, if they well, don't go to so college. Expensive. It's so expensive. I don't know where he would live in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, that idea, I mean, our generation, it was like, get out the door, you know, and it doesn't matter if you have to go into debt or run up credit <laughs> cards, like you're not staying at home. Yeah. But to me, that's insane. It's so expensive out there. And I don't want my kids to be running running up a bunch of debt or spending money unnecessarily if they don't have to, because that then ends up, you know, sort of impinging on the decisions that they can make about their life and the yeah. freedoms that they have. And if I can, you know, provide a buffer by just like, you know, hanging, they can hang out at home a little bit longer. Are I'm more than happy to do it. Well, our boys had moved out. That's they were right. living in Echo Park doing the music thing. Yes. And then when the pandemic hit, it's was like, don't, don't pay rent in a tiny little apartment that you're stuck in, like just come home. Yeah. So they're still home and that's fine. And they're working and they have their own lives. Um, but I'm not in a rush me for either. them to leave. It's me like, either. stay as long as you want. I leave don't care. I don't care. I like having them around like, you know, it's not going to last forever. They're going to be gone. They're going to be gone, and then you're going to be like, "Oh, wasn't it great when they were there?" Like, I'm trying to enjoy it for me too, man. I can't imagine like an empty house, like walking by his room, like it's an empty nest syndrome. Well, That's our a two real younger thing. ones are both gone now at school, so it it's hard? the older ones that are around. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You're I mean, mo- I'm happy for them. You're you emotional know? guy like me too, though. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely I'm super emo, man. Yeah. I don't know if I'm as emo as you, but I can I can <laughs> I can get pretty emo. But this yeah. scene about him being gone, it's like yeah. freaks me out, dude. Like I don't like stay as long as you can. Like mm-hmm. I mean, not gonna pay rent where he works right now. It's yeah. impossible. You're gonna blink and he's gonna be gone and doing his own thing, and you're gonna be I'm proud so, of him. But I you're know. gonna miss you'll you'll miss that time. So to be able to be present with it and appreciate it and for to what play it music is now, with me, it's like oh, that's incredible. What I a know. gift, you know? know? Who gets to do that? I know. I'm very lucky, man. I'm very blessed. I have a very uh, awesome life and family, man. You know? yeah. And friends. My friends look out for me like family. Nobody's diet is absolutely perfect every single day without fail, myself, of course, included, which is why for the last, I don't know, six, seven years, I've made consistently drinking AG1 on the daily a major priority. It's just one scoop mixed in water, and it makes me feel super energized and nourished, even when my diet isn't up to par. 
Each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and postbiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just so easy and convenient. Plus, every batch goes through a rigorous testing process and is carefully formulated for maximum absorption, potency, and nutrient density. I've partnered with AG1 for these past seven years now, and that's because it's a product I really believe can elevate your health and keep your nutrition game on point. I just can't recommend it enough. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash richroll. That's drinkag1.com slash richroll. Check it out. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour, what would you do with it? Would you run? Would you read? Would you be there for a friend? Time is our most precious asset, but its value depends on how you spend it. Therapy clarifies your values, making prioritizing what truly matters easier. For about 27 years at this point, therapy has just been a crucial life non-negotiable for me. It preceded my sobriety journey. It continues to remain consistent because if there's one thing that I've learned, we all have blind spots. There is always more growth to be had and getting better is a team sport. I just can't solve my problems with the same brain that created those problems. So bringing all that stuff into the light by talking it out with a pro is just key. Consider therapy with BetterHelp, an online platform for convenience, flexibility, and alignment with your schedule. A quick questionnaire connects you with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Your mental well-being is worth it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash richroll today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash richroll. The other big thing that's changed in your life is the podcast. I mean, I think you would you were doing it maybe when when did just you start kinda, it? Kinda you had just started. Four years it was, ago, it I started, was more yeah. of like a side little thing, but it's yes. really become like a you know maybe not the main thing that you do, but like it's one a, of the big main things that you do thing in your for life. Me, yeah, when I'm home for sure. Yeah, it definitely is a a much higher priority than it was for when, sure. Especially when we, I started before the pandemic, so I had banked some episodes. So I'm really lucky and like I love the conversations. I love doing it. It's very therapeutic. It's inspired me to actually go get therapy for the first time in my life from one of my guests. Oh, wow. I go to her therapist. I've never done that. Nobody's my family's been to get therapy. I'm the only person that's going. So mm. how, has that, how has going to therapy impacted you? Um, it's interesting because it's kind of scary when you start like pulling back the layers and it's like, you're wondering like what you might find you don't want to find. Once you find mm. it, then you know it, you know? So I'm like, Slowly going back to like through my grandparents and my, my, my actually my mom's dad and how he was towards her, just all this stuff. About, I have some resentment with my mother. I love my mother. We're close, but just a lot of things with my dad passing and how that all stuff happened after that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really interesting to go. Um, I love the person I go to. It's cool to talk to somebody who doesn't know anything about you. 
and just like spill everything. Mm -hmm. I was there for like a uh, consultation. I, I just started spilling it. She's like, wait, 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 I'm just meeting you. I started this, <laughs> like almost crying, just telling everything. Like, I'm gonna do this, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it all so right the now. first time I met her, I go, this yeah. she's like, wait, 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 this is a consultation. I don't yeah. know if I like you or not. And, um, but now, yeah, I love her, but yeah. Well, I credit you for, for doing that. I think it's, it's easy. Like, I think you would be somebody who I would imagine might be dismissive of that because you're like, my life's good. I'm a positive guy. I have lots of friends. Like I love my wife and I've got, you know, whatever. Like, why do I need to go to therapy? But I also know your backstory well enough to know that there's probably some trauma there. For sure. But somehow you figured out a way to either compartmentalize it or, you know, however you work through it or however you keep it in abeyance to like make your life manageable. Yeah. And it's scary to say like, well, if I if I go towards that, that might threaten like the stability of what I've kind of created here. Yes. Like, what would that mean? Like, like suddenly like it could disrupt all of this and there's yeah. no guarantee that you're gonna be able to like find a new way forward and keep everything on the rails. Yeah, that's the scary part, Take, like stripping the layers back, you're right. That's the thing that's kind of like tripped me out because there's definitely something there with a the no closure, my father passing and not going to his funeral and not being, allowed to even hear anything about it and thinking for like the next year or two, kept asking my mother when my dad's coming back, we had no closure in that. And I understand my mom didn't want her three young boys to go to her funeral, but for us, my dad just had chest pains, went to the hospital and never came back. That's all I remember. And I think that's probably why I also hate death and have a fear of death my whole life and hospitals. I'm figuring all that shit now. Like I hate the whole concept that we're gonna die someday. Like I wanna be here forever with my kid and my family and watch over everybody. Who knows what's gonna happen, but like, I was actually texting with Trapper about today, but just, just the concept of death and how like, I just feel like I wanna be here forever. I know it's not gonna happen. I have that fear probably since I was a kid with my worry about if my mom was gonna die or my friend's gonna die. Like there's definitely something there for mm -hmm. sure. And then that growing up with no dad and becoming a dad and all these emotions come out. Like when you become a dad, it's like, it's a life changer. You know what I mean? Things that I would be upset or cry about or I, I didn't want to see any violent movies anymore. I loved violent shit growing up. I could care less about that when I became a dad. Then you have this whole world you have to put this child into that you don't own, but you make and you raise and he goes out there. It's just all this shit. It's just like a lot of shit in my childhood for sure. I probably um, covered up and thought I got it out with songs. I wrote a lot of songs about my dad, him passing, a lot of songs about my life. And I thought that maybe that was some therapy for me, but. It's obviously not for sure. You know, once you start, well, I'm sure there was a it. therapeutic aspect to yeah. that. Like you're trying to work it out for yourself. Yeah. And no, you it, mentioned like this, you know, lingering resentment with your mom. And I would imagine perhaps the original resentment stemming from her not being transparent about what was going on with your dad. For sure. But then understanding like she was doing what she thought was in your best interest by not sharing, you know, not sharing all of the information. Like I'm sure that, she thought she was yeah. protecting you. Totally, I know that now as an adult and as a, as a parent myself too, for sure. I probably do the same thing, you know, but and then every, every, every man that tried to marry my mom after that, we run him out of the house. Like nobody could, was good enough like my dad. So me and my brothers would run every boyfriend she had out and she mm -hmm. never got married really again. That was her one true love. It's crazy, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other podcast, but yeah, definitely yeah. therapy's digging yeah. deep. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting. I was always scared of it. I thought I was like silly, but like, I think it's awesome. And so yeah. many people are like so comfortable talking about it now. It's like cool to go to therapy and talk about your issues and your problems, as opposed to back in the day, like keep everything in, be tough, hold mm -hmm. it in, you know, don't show any uh, weakness, do you know? Yeah, well, it always ends up coming out in a negative way, in a bad way, yeah. if you do that. If it was snap, you know? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very, so that podcast, yeah, it just definitely was very therapeutic in That's many cool. ways. And you just had uh, Travis Barker on, like that just dropped today, right? Yeah, We're recording man. this, what is it? October 30th today? Probably my um, biggest episode will be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I noticed it's already getting picked up by news outlets and stuff like that. It's crazy because I've known him for so long and he, does, he hates podcasts. He's done yours and Rogan mm-hmm. and several others, but not many. And like, he's not really the talkative kind of guy, but we know each other. So it was really great. I really got to know him more. And I know him for like, you think you know these people for like 20 years and you sit down with them or talk to them, like you get deep. Yeah. And that's what I love about the podcast is like reconnecting with friends or actually people that I maybe had uh, uh, preconceived notions about what I thought they really liked. And you sit down like, oh my God, this guy's awesome. I've heard these stories about your whole life and you really this, you're fucking cool. That's what I love about it too. Like being shocked by like how these people really are. Once you sit down, like meeting them at a show or backstage is so different playing with them. But like when they come sit down face to face, it's incredible, man. It's like, so the Travis, like, I'm so proud of it because we got really deep. We talk about things he doesn't really talk about. And I'm really, really, st- and he hit me up to how proud he wasn't stoked on it. And, um, Cause he's kind of doing the circuit now with the new, with the new uh, album out, but like, mm. it's really nice, man. I love yeah. it. He's a, he's a really special person and a very thoughtful, quiet, kind of introverted, yeah. sensitive guy in a way that that is surprising if you only know him through kind of like celebrity tabloid journalism, you know, you see, what he looks like and the kind of world in which he operates and this yes. rock star kind of like veneer that, you know, is who he is on some level on the outside. Um, but he's not that at all, really. Like he's he's such a sweet, thoughtful person. And I said to you before the podcast, like, I think he should do more podcasts because, and I'm sure there's a trust thing there. Like he's only gonna, do it when it feels right to him and For he sure. knows someone like yourself. Um, but I think that format allows him to show who he really is. And and I think shifts people's perspective of what kind of person he is. 100%, he's been the same person since I met him over 20 years ago, the exact same person, soft-spoken, sweet human, supported by nonprofit financially and all kinds of ways, supported my son's drumming, my band, um, amazing father, um, a really caring person. And like, yeah, he's in a massive band. You know, he's, he's in the world he's in now, but we hang out and he have the same conversations about the same stuff. You know what I mean? He's the exact yeah. same person. Like he's maintained it just to be that through all, he may look different or dress different or whatever, but he's still Travis, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, but people have people, especially with the internet, people just want to like have these things about people. They think that like, Everything you post is 100% you. That could have been a, a moment or a feeling in that, in that second, you just followed your heart and post. People just think that everything on there is like all of you and it's not. And everything written about you is true and everything is that. And like, it's like, unless you really know somebody, it's like, you're never really gonna know them. Yeah. And we're lucky that we, got, we do know mm-hmm. them like that. And I'm glad I had that, the platform to have a conversation with that. So people, some of the comments are like, I don't know if I'm listening to this, like this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen to it. This is a conversation. Like, listen to a person what they have to say not just their music and not just the tabloids and the headlines that people were so like excited to like see a headline or a link about somewhere, a photo yeah. and like jump to conclusions about people. That's what the internet really kind of did, I think to like people's reputations or musicians or artists or, I don't know, I feel like people think that they really know you, they can get inside your life by something you post. Well, 
it's interesting because when we were growing up, all you had to go on was like the liner notes and the album art. And totally. then you would just fantasize totally. or use your imagination to try to dream you know, who these people were, or what they were like. 100%. And then maybe, you know, months later or a year later, there's an article in Spin Magazine or whatever, you know, kind of publication where you would be like, oh my God, I gotta read it, you know, and that was it. Yeah. yeah. And so we were left to our own imagination. I love and so there that was the mysteriousness. But there's, there was a myth building to that also, where yeah. you built these people up to be, you know, people that they probably weren't because you're projecting this idea onto them. Right? That's true too. And then there's the paparazzi kind of era where yes. everything's exploitive. Yeah. But I feel like mediums like podcasting bring that all the way back around and put the artist more in charge of, you know, basically sharing yeah, who they are. Like you can you can either say you could be an artist who says I'm not doing anything and I want people to just not know who I am and my art speak for itself. Yeah. Or you can go on a podcast and talk to somebody for three hours. Yeah. And be kind of in control of the narrative that gets spun about who you are rather than reacting to whatever TMC decides to, you know, post about you or or put on a television show. Yeah, I think the podcast like the realest, rawest form of like seeing a real person, I think, with these conversations. I really do, I don't know. I think that there's been so many I listen to or just people I've had on, just like they really get comfortable and wanna talk about things that they wouldn't usually talk about on an entertainment tonight or like, you know, in my big studio, I don't know. It, it just, especially, it's so important now, man. Especially if people actually want people to know what you're really about. Um, Cause you're not gonna find it on, online. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I'm psyched on the Travis one. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to listen to that. I mean, he did my podcast. It was, I don't know, it was probably like six years ago. Yeah, so no. it was a long time ago, yeah. right? And like, unlike you, I don't know him that well. Mm -hmm. Like we live sort of nearby each other. And yeah. I used to see him at Erwan, you know, like he, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't go to, I haven't seen him there in a long time. He's probably yeah. too famous to like go buy food anymore. But um, I just found him to be, you know, really open and sweet and sensitive. And I've had occasion to bump into him a number of times since then. And we, you know, we went to that crossroads thing yep. and he was there and he was very kind. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't, he's not somebody I'm hanging out with all the time, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. And yet he, he like texted me like a week ago because he was in Portugal and he was sitting at a cafe and he struck up a conversation with a stranger and somehow like my name came up so and this guy cool, was man. like, oh, you know, Rich helped me get sober through his pot or whatever. And this guy hadn't even listened to the Travis episode. So I don't even exactly know how it all came up. Yeah. But then Travis texted me to just tell me that he had had that experience. Like he didn't awesome. have to do that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and I think that speaks to the kind of person that that he is. And um, that's, it, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, really like, cool. He stayed himself the whole time and navigating through all that, all that celebrity and fame, just everything his whole life's been like pretty much being filmed. Even even before when he had like Meet the Barkers and even Blink That's is a massive right. band. He's been famous for, for a really long for time. Such a long time. Like how do you do that? Spotlight. Oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. Oh, like a know, TV like a reality show? Just all the time. Yeah, I couldn't your, yeah. your life being chronicled in that way. Yeah, just lights like this every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like some people can do it though. I, I mean, know. whatever it works know. for people, but yeah, I just. How many episodes of the podcast have you done? Today's 249. Mm. And you're like banked through like May or something you told me. I'm in me, May right? next you're year like right way now. Ahead. Yeah. But I'll move things around. People wanna yeah. like promote something, but mostly my stuff's this conversation, right. nothing really promoting. Yeah, I bank them and uh, I gotta chill on that. And you just wanna keep it the way that it is? Do you wanna, like, what's your 
do you have an ambition for it or you I just enjoy it exactly? Like it. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't film yours. Yeah. I like the audio. I like it. People are comfortable in my house and not being filmed. There's no really lights and they like enjoy it. And I get I feel like me personally, I'll get a good conversation just like that. And like mm-hmm. my dog farting on them or Max coming yeah. in or getting them a drink or taking a bathroom break, which we do. Right. It's just, just like you could do that here. That's true, yeah. You would take breaks. You need to go the to the bathroom? No, I'm good. You can go. But I'm saying, but yeah, I, I love it. It's working uh-huh. for me. I'm happy with it. It works for me. I love it. I enjoy it. Don't fix what ain't broke, you know? Right. Um, you've got a liquid death in front of you. And I know that you do like some brand work for them. Like you've been like ambassador. an ambassador for, for wow. that brand. I was saying this a um, while ago, man. I remember. I know. And we were like at a Super Bowl party and they had their big Super Bowl ad and you yes. were so excited. Like that company went from zero to a hundred, like right. so fast. These people are like marketing geniuses because it's basically water and Mike it's great. Cesario, man. Um, Oof. Yeah, unbelievable. But what I didn't know until this morning was uh, this um, thing that they did where artists like yourself and a bunch of others created music and songs out of their bad reviews. Yeah, I'm in there. And yeah. there's like a music video. <laughs> They took all bad comments yeah, yeah. and make songs. And they and like reviews. use them as lyrics in a song, right? Yes. What is the backstory? Like, that's a brilliant move. And the music video is like Puritan, like scarlet letter, like women dressed up as like colonial, like <laughs> yeah. Puritans, like uh, reading, like basically singing about how, uh, you know, this brand is evil. It's just all like, negative you know, stuff like, written yeah, about them. Right. They did like a punk one. I was just on the eighties one, me and uh, I had Ket Chappelle on there, um, Chris Cole. Mark McGrath, Tony Canal, they got a whole bunch of people on this new record that came out. And basically, yeah, this, they're making catchy ass songs from negative comments. Right. They thrive on that shit, dude. It's pretty funny. It's like a water brand with like 2 million followers. It's crazy how they're doing it. Like, they just dropped that Me Undies collab. It's like the biggest collab Me Undies oh, have I didn't done, know about supposedly. Me Undies Liquid Death collab. It's really good, too. It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what can't, That's like what can't only they do? In like the podcast <laughs> world, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, what can't they do? They're doing every call. It's crazy, dude. Like every week something else comes out. I'm like, oh, I need to get that. It's cool stuff they're doing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the owner's great. The company's great. I'm an ambassador. Um, yeah, they do my pod and- That's cool. Yeah, it's you, a man. great brand. They're really killing it, man. It's just water in a can. People just freak out about it. People <laughs> hate know. on it too, so bad too. I don't care, it's just a piece of water, you know? <laughs> Marketing, dude. Marketing's everything. It's man. a marketing company. Yeah. In the same way that Red Bull is a marketing company, mm. right? And Red Bull, you know, uses the money that they make from selling this beverage to fund this media empire, which is yeah. to me the interesting part of that company. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what what Liquid Death does. I mean, last year they ended crazy, them. and this year's probably ended really crazy financially. You know what I mean? They came out last year how big it was. Like it's just everywhere. Now it's in Europe. It's everywhere. It's yeah. come out in England. It's water, man. Um, are you still doing the the public speaking thing? Like that was a bigger part of your life. It was a big prior, right? Yeah, like prior going to high pandemic. schools and stuff like that. Like, yeah. but I haven't heard you talk about that or because schools everything went to up. Zoom. It was really crazy for a couple of years. I was doing it the last couple of schools, maybe 2018. You know, um, yeah, I loved it. I went to like 30 schools. I'd love to bring it back. I was talking about somebody the, the other day about it. If there's like physical schools I can go to, I'd love to do it again. Yeah, but also like it's just getting me there and you know finances and all that stuff. What I was doing, I'd piggyback them. I go do them for free. I do it on a weekend of shows. It was kind of hard. They'll play like three uh-huh. shows and like try to have a voice and then go speak on a Monday. So I was tr- kind of like separating uh, church and state, separating H two O and uh, speaking. So I can just do it 
fly out there and do like a couple schools. But. Do you still have the foundation though? Mm-hmm. One Life, One Chance? Yeah, the nonprofit, yeah. Yeah. So it took a while to get that. You gotta kick that back up, man. I know, I love to. I love to do it again, actually. I feel like that would give you an energy boost. Not that you need it. You have a lot of energy. <laughs> but, but no, I, 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 would, I would love to do it again. It was really fun. I should really, I was talking about something that when are you gonna do that again? But the pandemic kind of crushed everything. And then when I was doing that, my band wasn't really doing much. And then we put a new record out and so we just kept touring. So like, mm-hmm. I'll bring it back for when sure. Are you, when are you going out to tour again? What does that look like? Mm, rest of the year, nothing. And then next year we have like one show book, but then we have a bunch of uh, festivals in Europe, June and July. Yeah. The whole festival thing in Europe. It's incredible, man. I love it. We used to always go during the summer, bring Moon and Max to come. And now Max is with us, obviously, but just go away for like two or three weeks and play all outdoor festivals. It's awesome. Uh huh. And you got Chappelle into a band, right? Like you got him playing music. Well, he's got, he got his own band. Yeah, they're called Mad Peaceful. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had never been like you guys became friends through social media yep. or podcasting, yep. right? And he's a stand-up comic. Yeah. Um, but loves hardcore. Loves hardcore. Changed his life as a young kid. Yeah. So how? Flag. But that's a different thing from like, okay, now I'm gonna be in a band. Yeah. Started a band. Actually, go see him play tonight. Actually, and um. Alex is playing guitar tonight. Um, they're playing uh, tonight. Alex is is. Are you in? Are you in that? Tonight you in he is Chappelle's band. Tonight I am. Oh, you are. <laughs> it's oh, playing no, guitar tonight. So crazy! Wow, dude, they're a great That's band. Cool. Like he's a great front man. They sound awesome. The songs are great. Um, it's got like this agnostic front, black flag kind of mix. I like to say about them, and he he loves it. It's another way for him to like you know get it out. Yeah, and then your other boy. Derek Sepultura. So I never know how to say that. Sepultura. Yeah, it was like a. It's a Brazilian band, isn't yes. it? He came in later, like mm-hmm. when the lead singer left or something. Yeah, happened. he's been there. He, yeah, I think the first thing was in twenty years, and he's been the second twenty years. Been forty years. The yeah, band. kills it. Amazing frontman. Also, big time plant based dude. Yes. Who's got that show? What's it called with Tanya Callahan? That, um, that they do Health. Highway to Health, right? Yes. It's a, is it a YouTube series? Yep. It became one, yeah. They had it for a while, they were shopping it mm-hmm. and then end up on YouTube, which is great. And it's, yeah, it's doing really well on there too. It's a great concept. I'm getting Tanya in here soon. Nice, to do the you podcast. are. She's great. She's yeah, awesome, yeah. dude. She's playing, she she's playing bass uh, with Iron Maiden right now I with know, Bruce man. Dickinson. <laughs> Credible. Yeah. She was playing with like She's uh, a striking person. When she walks into a room, people notice for like sure. super tall with the dreads and the whole thing. And like, you know, just rocking the bass at like Killing the highest, highest, highest level, level of like metal. I think she's in Whitesnake too or something. She crazy. was before that, yeah. And Steve Nather's band. Yeah, she's amazing. She does a lot for the animals in her platform. Huge, huge like vegan plant-based animal activist person. She's cool, From man. Ireland, yeah. There's some cool people around us, man. Yeah. Cool little world. I know. So what is the what is the coffee bunch look like these days? The since I haven't been around. Like, or the, the sort of lunchtime crew. Oh, they go with the crew we have? Yeah. I still the same crew, Chappelle, Derek, Alex will pull up. We were training for a while in my garage. Um, you got to sign up for some kind of running race though. Cause when you came out and when we shot that video and we were running around LA and we ended up like running up that hill that gives you that vista, that view of like that downtown LA. We did like repeats on that. that and like was, at the end, everybody was rallying <laughs> around like you making it up there, man. And that I felt was like brutal. that was like a breakthrough. It was a breakthrough. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So I've been running ever since, man. I've like, I was told by um, Hakim to have like different, change up different styles of running shoes. I always switch them out. I have five different styles that I switch out, but um, love my aunts the best. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was a great, great moment with you. So yeah, thank you for that. Is Hockham still doing like the run club stuff? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I love Hockham. He's an awesome dude. He's I a know. great soul. I met him at Taco Bay with you. 
He's a great dude. Yeah, um, yeah man, I want to see that happen. Wait, would, would you run with me? Are you back in the running? If game? my if my back gets healed, I'm working on that. So maybe next yeah, year. So I've been benched. Hopefully okay. sooner than that. Well, I mean, I, I mean, run a marathon next year. Oh yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do it with you. It'd be fun. I'll do a half marathon before that for you sure. Should. I gotta step up my miles though. You should. I fell man. off a little bit. Get back on that. I will. Keep you lean, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're feeling good though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my back is getting better. I still have a little bit of ways to go, but I'm anxious to get back out there. Like I've just, not, it hasn't been fun. Well, it's you're, a whole, you're, other, you're, it's yeah. a whole other story. Or well, you're an inspiration for everybody. And I appreciate being your friend and being here. And you inspired me to run and step up my game with a plunge, a sauna, everything. You, Huberman, Brolin, everybody, everybody's it's like yeah, it's cool. my peers. Yeah. It's funny. Um, the whole Huberman thing came together cause he's, he's like a fan of H2O. I know. It's you know Taco I mean? We You called him on to FaceTime. We met right then at that I moment. Know. It was crazy. Cause he wanted to meet you. And I I knew you wanted to meet him, and I was like, "This alliance has to happen." That was you know, crazy. So it's cool. Fully tatted, yeah. punk rock skateboarder, like I know, killing it. Yeah, and he he he, he blessed me with the plunge, and then I blessed one to uh, to Josh and the Trav. So yeah, thank you That's for that. Cool, Pay it man. forward, man. I love it, buddy. It's been it's been cool to watch you kind of embrace all these lifestyle practices that you've been doing for so long. No, man. not not really. <laughs> no, man. I mean, like. You know, I haven't been plunging that much longer than you and okay. all this sauna. I just got a sauna for the first time oh, recently. Right. So such a game changer, plunge man. hooked me up with that and I'm really enjoying it. Do you do it in the morning or night? I do it like late afternoon, early evening. That's Same. my favorite time to do it. Same. Yeah. Nighttime's kind of gnarly. Um, yeah. It's cold out. I do like I could plunge in the morning and that's great, but like sauna in the morning, mm -hmm. like I it 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 like that kind of lulls me into like take a nap or a, something. Yeah, like I wanna I wanna take a rest after that. Yeah, so. nighttime is really great and like doing this direct sauna and stuff and yeah, it's just game changer, man. Cool. Well, I love you, buddy. I love you too. Thank man. you for coming here. This and is even better. Last time. This is great. It's good. Thank I don't you. remember yeah. what happened last time. It's it like I don't know. Ago. Like I do the thing and then I move on. Like I don't know what we talked about last I'm, time. I'm curious about your good. hairstyle. What's going to be next? For you? I don't know. It's bad, right? I don't know what no, to I do. I like it. You have great hair, though. I'm growing my hair out. I'm in the in between phase, so I've just been you have a wearing, great wearing hats. But like I, I don't know what to do with my hair, so I need a style consultant. What should I do? Let's slick it back or something. I don't know. I tried that. You did. You just keep growing. I want to keep growing. Have you ever had long hair before? I had. Yeah. I've had really long hair. I don't know if I'm gonna go all If you still have there, it, but since you have it, grow it, man. It looks we'll good. Yeah, man. Back and uh, if 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 I ever decide to get a tattoo, you're, oh, you're dude, the first I'm person dude. I'm gonna call. I got you. I'm, I might even do it I on have, you. Yeah, I'm, I have, uh, it's a virgin canvas, would you, would you ever get one? Maybe, we'll see. I like a little PMA tattoo or something? Maybe, maybe, we'll talk. I got, uh, anybody you want, I got you. All right. You're never too, never too old to get first tattoo. To be continued. <laughs> All right. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Peace. This episode was brought to you by Bone Charge. To learn more about the infrared sauna blanket and Bone Charge's other awesome products, go to bonecharge.com slash richroll and use coupon code richroll to save 15%. We're brought to you today by Waking Up. Just go to wakingup.com slash richroll to start your free month today. That's wakingup.com slash richroll. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links and resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at richroll.com where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as podcast merch, my books, 
Finding Ultra, Voicing Change in the Plant Power Way, as well as the Plant Power Meal Planner at meals.richroll.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube, and leave a review and or comment. Supporting the sponsors who support the show is also important and appreciated. And sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends or on social media is, of course, awesome and very helpful. And finally, for podcast updates, special offers on books, the meal planner, and other subjects, please subscribe to our newsletter, which you can find on the footer of any page at richroll.com. Today's show was produced and engineered by Jason Camiolo with additional audio engineering by Kale Curtis. The video edition of the podcast was created by Blake Curtis with assistance by our creative director, Dan Drake. Portraits by Davey Greenberg. Graphic and social media assets courtesy of Daniel Solis. Thank you, Georgia Whaley, for copywriting and website management. And of course, our theme music was created by Tyler Pyatt, Trapper Pyatt, and Harry Mathis. Appreciate the love, love the support. See you back here soon. Peace, plants, namaste.